You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? Hey, it's vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight, you never know where the TARDIS is going next. Hey there, Whovians, and welcome to another episode of Earth Station Who. That's right, folks, we're back. And we're continuing with looking at the stories with the Doctor and Donna. And we are going to knock out a two-parter in this one, folks. We're looking at the Santaran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. And it's going to be a ton of fun talking all about this. It's, you know, David Tennant and, you know, Catherine Tate at their best. And it was fun. And we also got Martha. We got Freema back for an a storyline also. So it was kind of neat to see. And we got to laugh at unit and go, God, we missed the brigadier. God, we missed the brigadier in these stories. So it was a ton of fun. And we got a great crew to talk all about this one. And as we always like to say, if you haven't seen it yet, we are going to spoil the hell out of it. So please, you know, the show came out, this first aired in 2008. So, you know, yeah, uh, so it's not our fault if you haven't seen it yet. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, so literally, what God, that's fifteen years, folks. Fifteen years ago. Yes, we're all old. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I was still in my thirties. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So, <laughs> I think most of us were. Well, Shannon was still in elementary school, so it's okay. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! I was in college. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah. It was pretty awesome. And of course, we got, like I said, great crew. Let's say hey to, of course, the wonderful Shannon is back. Hello, hello. It is awesome to have you back on the show. And yeah. we are also joined, of course, my co-hosts, my regulars, my favorite people to talk Doctor Who with. Of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And Ms. Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It's fantastic to be here. Oh, it's always great to have you guys here. And you know what, folks? This is going to be a fun one. And feedback at our station, who is the best way to talk all about it? Uh, Doctor Who News. Let's jump in with both feet. None. There isn't really, (laughs) you know, there really isn't anything. The only thing that they've announced officially is we are getting a holiday special. And it is going to be with Shooty as the 14th Doctor. Or, Woo-hoo. excuse me, 15th Doctor. Yeah, get that <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. It's yeah. very important. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey <laughs> type stuff. So it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, it's, you know, we haven't gotten a trailer. We haven't gotten new trailers for the specials yet. So. Well, we got a little teaser. Yeah, well, exactly. But we really haven't gotten anything. But I'm glad we're going to, on Christmas Day, we're going to have new Doctor Who. So I think it's pretty awesome. So I'm excited for it. And you know what? We had a rumor about when, you know, season 14 is going to be showing. 
But you know what? We're not going to mention it because BBC pulled it and we don't go on rumors on this show. Yeah, right. What we're am I all, talking yeah. about? But yeah, we're always wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. When we do talk about them, we're wrong. <laughs> oh, we're so used to having egg on our face on this show. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's it's just the standard here. So definitely worth, you know, looking forward to spring 2024. God, that's weird to say 2024. That always <laughs> seemed like that was the future, you know, <laughs> and we're it living. It still in. is the future. Yeah, it's still is. Yeah. <laughs> And well, the way that not so distant, not so distant. Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. don't think we'll have jetpacks by then. Speak for yourself. We we might have Atmos. Yeah. We'll have Atmos in our cars. It'll be perfect. (laughs) So, you know, we'll be. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we've already got poison in our skies. We don't need to add to that. (laughs) Oh, no comment there. But yeah. But um, other Doctor Who news for anyone who is attending Dragon Con this weekend in Atlanta, Georgia, Earth Station Who is going to be participating. You thought we weren't going to be there, did you? Ha, 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 ha. But we're not. No, we're not. We're going to be there virtually. So if you want, uh, it's 1130 on Saturday. We are going to be doing a Doctor Who panel on their virtual YouTube channel, and you could definitely find it through the Brit Tracks, and we'll we'll set, put up links and everything once it's out there for people to see. And we are talking all about the spinoffs of Doctor Who, talking about from the spinoffs from the classic era all the way into, um, you know, since the series has come back, we talk about Torchwood, we talk about Sarah Jane, we talk about that other show that had no class. <laughs> you know, it was like... So it's going to be interesting. And we also then talk about what we would like to see coming up in RTD's era. And there's been tons of rumors about shows already that are possibly going to be popping up. And hopefully we'll get some news about that soon. So it's a fun panel, folks. And the three of us are there. And, you know, we're joined by some really good friends. And we have a ton of fun. Also, um, virtually with Dragon Con, also on Sunday at 11.30 a.m., we also have a Earth Station One panel where we are talking about the music of James Bond. So it is a ton of fun there. And we're joined by Matthew Kressel and Alan Porter. So it is pretty awesome to talk all things James Bond and the different music and, you know, some of the tunes that almost happened and didn't happen or which one was our favorite which one didn't we like we get some oohs and ahs it was it was actually kind of fun to do and when there's any time talking about james bond you know there's always a you know shaken not stirred available so it's always great so definitely check that out also all right kids let's must just jump into the episode let's not even take a break I'm bringing you back to Earth. Ten. It's just like old times. Nine. What are you searching for? Eight. Shantara. Launching in seven. What do I do? Six. Do not engage in battle. Five. The people are going to fight back. Four. This is our chance. Three. I told you not to launch. Glorious warfare. Get them out of there. Is there a ton of talk about with this one? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Sort of, kind of. It can be. Yeah. So I remember watching this when this first came out. and. You know, Were you impressed? No, I haven't watched it <laughs> since. This is not my favorite 
of the Doctor Who era, Tennant and of course, you know, the lovely Catherine Tate um, were great in it. So was Freema. Those were the shining points in it. Uh, we got Dan Starkey doing his first time as a Santarin. That was cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we got to see a lot of unit people get killed. It was awesome. You know? <laughs> All over the place. Even the, yes. even the one we like. Yeah. yeah. Poor Russ. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. You just knew he was doomed. <laughs> oh, God. You know. <laughs> You know, the bad guys, the Santarans were great because this was the first time we had seen the Santarans since the Tom Baker era, I think. No. So, yeah. Was no? When they're did, in the two doctors. The, oh, that's right. I tried yeah, to block that yeah, one out of yeah. I tried to block I really tried to block <laughs> that like, one out what, of my 85 mind. Eighty five or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm the one who has to come and pull that out. Uh that's yeah. unusual. But yeah. No. Even though I love the second doctor, this, I tried so to block that one out of my <laughs> mind, you know, sockeye and, you know, them turning the, you know, trying to convert the doctor and them trying to eat Perry, you know, at least she was going for something good, but you know, it was, it was interesting in this one because you got a ton of Santarans and you got this really spoiled brat who was trying to betray humanity to the Santarans. Oh my God, he was a creepy little sociopath. <laughs> what Luke Radigan? Little twerp. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know if he was supposed to be. You know, if they were trying to make him into like a, whether like the guy who found Facebook or if like a. I mean, these you know, days he's Elon Musk or somebody like that. Yeah, but there were, he, Elon wasn't. You know, I, in I the know. I'm just the saying. Time. These he days. definitely had some Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's you know, I think he you know he was a prodigy kid, um, mm -hmm. like we've seen you know uh, mm -hmm. depicted many, 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 many times. Um, I uh, yeah. I, I actually like this one a lot. I like this two-parter. I like the, cause at the time it was, uh, the first time we'd seen, as you mentioned, Mike, it's the first time we'd seen the Centaurans and New Who. And I thought they were depicted really well, not only by, uh, Dan Starkey, but Christopher Ryan from The Young Ones. I never thought I'd see him as a, as a Centauran, but he, he, uh, yeah. I think, I think, their performance and the makeup on them, I think is amazing. The costumes are look a little rubbery, but still, I, I mean, this is what we see. The Santarans you know. always did, though. You know, yeah. Always, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, they really used to look really potatoey. Like they, like <laughs> <laughs> these, these don't look as potatoey. But I thought that they looked really, really cool. Um, and I thought the performances of both those guys, as well as you know the others or whatever, was was really cool. Um, I liked, uh, the fact that we got unit finally back in, in, or in the mm -hmm. new series. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I thought it was a pretty, there was, there was some strong moments in this. I mean, yes, the plot is silly, but it really reminds me of a third doctor story of like, I, it really reminds me of a, a third doctor story and, uh, with, uh, and, and it, and I felt like that was, that was intentional and and it works for me. Um, but also throughout the whole thing, I think you have some really good character moments between uh, Martha and uh, um, Donna, uh, the doctor and Donna, the doctor and 
Martha, like I think um, the fact that uh, uh, Donna and her family, um, it's really great seeing Bernard Crimbins again. Like oh, I think Wilf this is the first was awesome. Oh, that Wilf was awesome. Was awesome. Uh, there's some yeah. really great moments between uh, Donna and 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 Wilfred in this. Um, I I, th- I think there's a lot to like. Um, and uh, yeah, like the plot's ridiculous, but when isn't it a lot of times, you know? But um, I I really enjoy this one. Yeah, I I agree. I love this one because of the relationship aspects that you see for each and every character mm-hmm. in connection to the other ones, like how Donna and Martha like became buddies so quickly. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I liked how the doctor like got right into step with Wilfred again, and how it just like the the race relationships they just were perfect. Like again, plot yeah, probably could have been a little bit better, but overall. I think it was it was pretty well done. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I love the interaction when Wilf realized that the doctor was the guy from the newsstand. Yeah, yeah that was a good yep. moment. That was awesome. Yeah. It, it was this running gag because every time Donna kept introducing the doctor to her family, like they were like, oh, I remember you. And then she's like, wait, you guys like like she's like thinking that they've yeah. never seen each other before. And he knows them. The already. Guy from yeah, the they way. know each other. Yeah, exactly. And uh I thought that was that was kind of funny. A nice running gag there. Mm-hmm. Oh, the mother! It's like I recognize you from the wedding. It's like it's like <laughs> oh, Donna's mother is still such a you know. Yeah, work. it's RTD's mother issues <laughs> coming oh, to the forefront time. again. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I found this. I didn't like this one quite as much as you guys. I didn't hate it. I'm not a fan of Helen Rayner's writing. And um, though I will say this, these are probably her best episodes uh, that that she did. And uh, there are some really nice character moments in here. You're right. And um, but, I, you know, I think that's almost more on the actors than it is on the writing. And and the, the plot is terrible. I just ugh, it just it bugs me. And so that that's what brings this down. But and also I don't like the whole the Luke Gradigan guy is such a nothing. He's like the one character in there that is just nothing. I mean, he's not it's not even it's banal kind of evil. And I mean, really banal to the point of uninteresting. So that I mean, you basically tell the story without him. Yes, exactly. Exactly. He just doesn't need need to be there. and, And when he dies, you don't care at all. Um, and I, yeah, I, I disagree. I, I, I don't, I think, I don't think he's integral, but I do find his, his, uh, arc interesting. Um, I think it could have been certainly developed a little bit more, but there were, there were traces of scenes and, and usually you're right, Mary, I think it was the more the acting choices than it was maybe the material that was in front of them, but there were scenes, especially when the doctor meets him, there were almost scenes that like, I got the impression that if if Luke had found the doctor before he had found the Centaurans and his life would have gone a completely different way, but he hadn't, he hadn't experienced anything like that before. And uh, I, I just, uh, um, that sequence between the doctor and him, when the doctor says like, I know what it's like to be clever. You're so lonely. I mean, that tells us a little bit about the doctor as well. Like I, I, I did find those scenes kind of interesting um it's it's not you know it's not anything too deep i mean uh but i i did find and i did find 
uh, Ryan Sampson's portrayal of him, you know, annoying enough that I was like, <laughs> yes, I, I believe that I'm going to dislike you because you are obnoxious. Um, and so I, I, I think everything worked for me as far as all that went too. It was interesting with him because, you know, he was your typical rich, spoiled brat who is, you know, smart and, you know, very clever and always got his way. And even the doctor, when he first mm-hmm. saw him, said, you don't hear the word no very often, do you? Mm-mm. And yeah. and it was just like, and I hate to say it, I disagree with you there, Mike. I don't think if he met the doctor, he would have been a different person. The I, ending proves that. He he would have though, because he I, does he does the right thing at the end. Because he had nothing else. Everyone else left him. His students at the school that he was trying to you know create said finally realized he was full of it, and basically he still was, didn't have to sacrifice himself for everything. He had nothing else. He, everything else he was gone. The people he believed in with the santarans and everything were going to use his students as you know basically as bait to you know target practice and so now i think you know he he thought he had the world he had he was going to sacrifice every person on earth just mm-hmm. to you know get his way so now i don't i don't think there was anything redeeming about him his sacrifice at the end to me was just like okay he did it's that. more like for me, it was more like, I'm just going to kill myself because I, mm-hmm. I'm a murderer many times over and nothing good is going to happen to me once this is over. Ex- exactly. Because you know, he had... This is it. Well, that would have been fine, but he could have just taken the gun to his head. But instead, he he takes out the Centaurans and he saves the doctor. Because yeah, I, I mean, still that's, find that self-serving. He does, he does, like, yeah. I'm going to be why, no, why, noble why is, him saving, why is him saving the doctor self-serving? Because he basically, I'm going to go get those guys because they turned against me. They did me, did me bad, you know, literally. Is so he could have he could have beamed up there without killing, without saving the doctor. Yeah, I think it's more about him wanting a moment of glory than finding any real empathy. Mm-hmm. I think he. It just happened that you to know me, the doctor I mean, was standing. The was the doctor yeah. was just there? I don't, and it just happened to you know teleport back, change places with. I, I I think the writing is is. I think the writing is base enough that we you can argue like to the end of time and there's not enough to know. Well, like there's not yeah, enough to know. I think that's valid criticism. Because because I think it's as Mary pointed out, I think it's all because of acting choices. So you can whatever you're getting from the actors is what you're project, projecting onto the characters rather than what they're really what the script is saying because the script is too too vague. Too vague. Yeah. yeah and maybe, I do feel maybe. like we didn't see him enough. Like we didn't see, like we saw, oh, there was a lot to juggle in this. And, <laughs> I mean, no, if he was no, written better, you we wouldn't have, there. We, we didn't Honestly, see enough I pity of him. him. You pity him? Why? I pity him because if you looked at it from the nerd perspective, he was that guy who was super nerdy, super clever, but he couldn't connect to anybody. He did, he had that like social lacking. and all the people he brought around him were all the same. He even had like that whole speech, like, come on, you know, stay with me guys. And like, you know, look, you know, none of them want us, let us go ahead and like move on. So I kind of pity him because I think he was that person who never truly connected to anyone until the Centaurans, until somebody gave him like a thing. And so 
I kind of feel bad for him. I kind of feel like had he actually had real human interaction and not been put down by others and not been a recluse of some sort, he might have actually been a decent human being at some point. Absolutely. And I think I I think there's reason to think that if, like I said, if he had found the doctor, someone appreciated his cleverness and and uh, earlier on, instead of rejecting him constantly and then the Centaurans using him, I think it would have been very different. I I, I don't feel like his character had enough depth to support that. I feel like he was I mean, he came he felt to me he felt more like like a sociopath, like somebody Mm. who simply was not capable of empathy but i mean that was my read on it Mm -hmm. he kind of reminds me a little bit of adam from season one yeah yes yeah i thought of that too i thought of that as well yeah Mm -hmm. so it's that whole like yeah had he met the doctor early yeah it might have gone well but because he thinks he's smarter than everybody else in the room he was going to make a ton of mistakes and at some point he would end up having to deal with the consequences of those mistakes yeah so i think he would have been a better person had he met the doctor earlier but he would have been suffering because of all the mistakes he made while he was with the doctor mm-hmm. so yeah because as we like to say adam was the companion that failed mm-hmm. because he thought he was smart enough and that he was smarter and he took advantage of the doctor's generosity to bring him along and it backfired completely on it yeah because he you know as he, you know, thought, oh, I'm going to download all of human history onto my answering machine so I can become <laughs> rich and famous. And it was just like, God, that was so stupid. So, yeah. yeah. And I know I did get the Adam feel from this guy, too. So what did you guys think of having unit back? Did did it work in this or was this just like. Were they all bumbling and, you know, and such? Well, and use there's nothing new cat. about them bumbling. I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah. when is unit bumbling? I think at one point the guy, like, says, like, well, I'm sorry that the Brigadier's not here. Uh, kind of hinting that he's still around, but he's stuck in Peru. And I was like, I don't think anything would be that different. Like, I don't think the Brigadier <laughs> would be like, yeah, Doctor, I'm not going to attack. Because, I mean, the, the Brigadier was known for doing stuff. Yeah, he in did a, that all the time. All mm. the time. So... I think uh, I think it was nice. It was a nice callback to finally see Unit, have Unit be back in New Who. And granted, it would go through some more iterations before it really felt like Unit as we would really appreciate it. Like now, now that we have it uh, with uh, the Briggs uh, daughter and everything like that. I mean, I think that's like uh, just chef's kiss now. But this was a pretty good introduction for them, I think. Yeah, I think it was really fun to see Unit again in in this context. And I think Colonel Mace is basically a stand-in for the the Brigadier, which is fine. I didn't 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 feel like he was doing anything that the Brig wouldn't do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they wrote it with the Brig in mind and they couldn't get him or something, you know? Yeah. Well, probably by this point already, Nicholas Courtney's health probably wasn't all that great. Yeah, yeah. This is when it was kind of really starting to deteriorate yeah. i'm afraid but uh so i mean it's possible that this was written with that in mind and really would have boy if if he had been in this it really would have harkened back to a third third doctor era like i mean yeah. the plot is almost like i could just see it uh, I, you know it seems like it's just 
Like if I didn't know any better and I looked it up and I, if I didn't know any better, I thought they found a script that wasn't produced from the third doctor <laughs> era and, and they, they used it here because it just really feels like that has that sort of tone and, and feel to it. And yes, back then those plots were ridiculous, especially with the master. But, um, but there was some fun and charm to them. And I, I kind of felt that way in this one too. Mm-hmm. Well, back then you also had Benton, you also had Yates, you also had right. other. Well, yeah, char- we get a we get a couple of them here, you yeah. know. Yeah, not any that you actually had any attachment to. Well, well I, I mean, know. I wouldn't say that. I, I would. Yeah, when what's it was what's his name dies, it was it was kind of sad. <laughs> what's kind his name? Some, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't, I, I, can't, I can't think of his name, but you know, um, good old what's his name, you know. <laughs> I know because the doctor makes it a point. He's like, he has a name. And I'm like, I can't remember it. Ross? That's my bad, though. Huh? It was Ross. Ross, Ross, Ross yeah. Jenkins. Yes. Yeah. Shannon. Ross Jenkins. Shannon. I mean, I thought he was pretty good. And actually, even the ones that went down there and I mean, they're kind of stupid, but the ones that go down there and get taken over first, I thought they at least had some personality to them. Oh, that's true. They were yeah, kind of a, a, a double act there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was great to Santarin when they were invading. They said, we're here to serve. And he, the Santarin just sits, turns around and shoots them. It's like, okay. It's like, <laughs> it's like, okay. That's what happened to those guys. Good on them. But you even, and then you had the Martha clone and, you know, so yeah. at least and Freema had, did a good job. Yes, Freema, did. Freema, was, Freema was amazing. Like, I think it was really interesting. Her, and you guys know what a big Martha fan I am. So to see her in this, like when she's introduced and that when she, when she meets up with, uh, Donna and Donna remarks something about like how I think he said, he says after she says after meeting her, like she says to the doctor, like you turned her into a soldier. What's up with that? Like something like to that effect. And it was really telling. Um, at the end of the episode, at the end of the first part, she becomes kind of the, the, like, you know, the companion that screams, which is not fun ever. But, um, but it, we, we forgive that because she's so good at being bad here. Um, uh, I kind of wish we'd seen, you know, more f- bad, <laughs> bad <Evil> Martha, Martha. <laughs> more mm-hmm. evil Martha. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, the scene between her and her clone is really moving. And I'm oh, like, she's, yeah. she's yeah. acting against herself. And I'm like, that is so difficult to do. And yet it, I'm not, I'm not questioning it at all while I'm watching it. I thought it was really well done. Uh, props to Freema on this one. I think it was really, really a standout two-parter for her. Mm-hmm, exactly. And her having to be in the uh, green bubble bath or whatever that was as the clone coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just like, hey, that worked for me. More power to her. So good on that. I think she was one of the strongest parts of the story, in all, in my yeah. opinion. I think she, you know, she was the great mustaching, twirling villain as the clone, but she was great. You know, she wasn't the lovesick puppy that she was in season oh, three. Oh, God. Yeah. No, she was she was more mature. She was mm-hmm. she had grown up and everything, but she also had been in Torchwood also by this point. Also, yes, yeah, and they yeah. kind of made her still lovesick, but for someone else. And I wish they hadn't done that. Like I just, you know, it would have been nice if she had been just just Martha smart. on her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, she didn't have to be associated with another doctor who mm-hmm. was never around. Like that just seems like yeah, you're just 
you're just replacing one with another. That doesn't, that doesn't sound healthy. Well, it's um, all downhill from there for her. Yeah. I know, um, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't even want to, nope, I'm not even going to acknowledge what happens next. <laughs> nope, not going to do it. Cause, uh, that's just the, that's the ultimate insult to Martha. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> nope. God, I agree they, with her. If, 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 if Russell doesn't do anything else, coming back he needs to rectify martha jones and her fate like she needs to do that there's just something really nice when you get to see a a companion be competent like like when donna goes into the office and discovers that nobody's ever had a sick day and she's like well guess what you guys are too stupid to figure this out Yep, she's like super temp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she kind of regresses a little bit in the second half when she's on the Centauran ship. Um, she seems a little too timid to me, but oh, very I mean, much so. uh, yeah, I mean, but no, it would I, be understandable that she would be very freaked out. Oh, absolutely. I'm not yeah. saying it's not. It just, but I mean, yeah, but she's still in the over. early days of her being yeah. with the doctor. Yeah. So, but she quickly gets over it, especially after she takes, takes the first Centauran down. She's yeah. like, blow to the neck. Like, she's like excited about it. She's like, yeah, now I'm going to, I'm going to be able to do this. And yeah, that's, it's cool. I mean, they, they do have amazing chemistry as a, as a, you know, one, two act. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And I love the scene when the doctor was, you know, had hacked into the, you know, communication system and he was talking to Donna, not to the Santarans. And yeah. And that was, that was pretty awesome. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the Centaurans, you're like, yeah, yeah you're, yeah, the Centaurans. Yeah. Oh, but, but we know the Centaurans are not that bright, so it's okay. It works. Exactly. Uh, I also really, really like the fact that they made it very clear. Again, this could be an acting choice more than a script choice, but they made it really clear that the doctor knew that Martha was not Martha right away. Like mm-hmm. we knew like mm-hmm. right away that, so we didn't have any sort of like, oh my God, he just felt like, we knew like we knew that he was on to her right away and how he was using her and everything. And I thought that was that was a lot of fun. They could have easily tried to, you know, make that pull the rug under it like a, later. And I'm glad they didn't do that. No, exactly. Yeah, I thought that I was there, there were some great moments in this. I'm not saying it was <laughs> it was but it for me, it just it didn't need to be a two parter. Also, it you know, it felt like it could have been the cliffhanger easy. is weak. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, I don't like it. The cliffhanger kind of almost feels like an ending. <laughs> yeah. In some ways like, it was. All right. <laughs> well, the, the cliffhanger yeah. does feel, and when I say weak too, it's not only weak story wise and, and, and need you, need you to come back more, but it's just the doctor looking in the street with their smoke. And it's like, he feels, he seems so helpless. And I'm like, this is not, I mean, I don't say, I don't think that the doctor needs to be like on top of everything at every, all, all the time, but it just seemed like he was overwhelmed. Like I don't think I'd ever seen him before. And I didn't think that really the situation helpless. warranted that. And I love how it was Donna's mom to rescue Wilf. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And everything. Yeah. It's like break the effing glass. I know. You know? It's like, it actually <laughs> isn't that hard. You can no, break the wasn't. glass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I can't save you because I, I love my car too much. You know, I don't want to have to go through insurance. <laughs> <Right. and try> to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So it was, it was kind of, that was kind of silly, but yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. It was good to have the Santarans back. And this led to so many different appearances from the Santarans going forward. Cause not mm-hmm. just on Doctor Who, but we also had gotten them on Sarah Jane. And mm-hmm. then we got them, of course, as part of the, uh, Padanastra gang. So, and in fact, uh, the one, um, one of the ones that survives this story is the one is one that appears in the Sarah Jane Smith adventure. Exactly. So, I mean, this is a, that's a direct continuation from this story. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, of course we see Dan Starkey really, uh, come to, uh, be a centaur that we grow to love as, uh, stacks. Exactly. So it's pretty cool stuff. Um, any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? I actually really liked a lot of the nods to like older stuff and not Mm -hmm. just like old who, but like even like earlier in the season stuff, like when, um, 10 had the mask on and he says, are you my mommy? mommy? Which was awesome. (laughs) I I thought that was hilarious. I laughed so hard. I almost spit out my water when I saw that. (laughs) And I caught it the first time I saw that episode Mm -hmm. and I was just like, that is hilarious. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that they like took it back all the way to because that that wasn't david that did was in that one so that was a a really great callback there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep well but yeah yeah, i think there's i think it's really cool that this episode or episodes has like the fun little like callbacks and then the unique relationships and the fun perspectives from donna and all that so it has its moments i agree And, and there's something really cool about when when a companion meets a classic villain for the first time like because the mm-hmm. doctor knows and when the doctor sees the centaurans he recognizes so he knows what's at stake but martha and donna have not seen centaurans so they have no idea you know it's been a while for units so they you know i don't even know if units ever seen them i mean probably they have but we don't have any record yeah. of it if they had um and so it's always cool, I think, when the doctor, like, and we are in on it, too, because we're like, hey, we know who these guys are. They're really bad. They're, they've got history, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that they did a really good job at keeping the Centauran history going with the war, with the Rutans mentioning that. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. Like, it's still going on. It's been going on forever. And everything they do is in service to that war. They're not after Earth for any other reason than they need to make need more clones. of them to um, fight in that war. Exactly. Actually, I yeah. think they did meet, uh, Unit did meet the Santarans in the very first appearance, the Time Warrior. Oh, interesting. Because it was the third Doctor and Sarah Jane. Because that was gotcha. Sarah Jane's first episode. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's one I'm, I gotta, I gotta, I, I can't remember that one. <laughs> but you're probably right. Like, I, I definitely could see that. So, mm-hmm. for sure. So, cause I think they had him on record because I, I think once, once it was finally revealed to unit who, who the Centaurans were behind it, they went quickly into action and they didn't even question like who they, they were just like, Oh, okay. So I thought that was, that was really cool to, uh, to when the show acknowledges that yes, this show has history beyond what we're doing now, and I think Russell is is just finally getting comfortable with that. I don't think he was as comfortable the first season or so of, of New Who for a lot of reasons, but I think now he's really comfortable with having the Doctor dip back into his past 
uh, and for classic Who stuff to come um, into fruition on in New Who. Yep, that's a good way to put yep. it. That is definitely a good way. All right, let's go ahead and rate one out of five Tardises, one being the worst, five being the best. Shannon, you get to go first tonight. Um, I'm going to put this at a 3.5. Okay, that's fair. 3.5, yeah. All right. It has a lot of good points. There's a lot of things that I love about it, but overall it does kind of fall flat when it comes to the storyline. And so the watchability of it kind of kind of takes takes it down a little bit. Mhm. I totally understand that. That's awesome. All right, Mary, you're up next. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a 3.5 cuz it's very middle of the road to me. And uh, there are some really nice character moments in it. I absolutely agree with that. Um, not impressed with the Luke Radigan character, as everybody heard, but, you know, to each their own. Um, not not impressed by Helen Rayner's plotting. Uh, but she did give us some nice character moments, or at least the actors did. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one which mm-hmm. one was which. Um, and... Uh, and I like the classic Who vibe. I like I liked Unit. That that was fun. So it's definitely got its good points. I think okay. I would probably still recommend it with a caveat of, yeah, just hand wave the plot out the window because you're not going to get anything from that. Bingo. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mike. Uh, I'm going to give four. Um, yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I mean, yes, the plot is ridiculous, but like I said, I mean, it's so hot, like, you know, I have to knock every single one of, uh, the third doctor's ones off <laughs> if I was going by just plots, but, uh, but it's fun. Like, I don't mind if a plot is sort of ridiculous as long as everybody's having fun. It seems like everybody's having fun in this. Um, I just love seeing Martha back and in a strong way too. I think she got to do some things here that she didn't get to do before. And, uh, you know, it made me very happy to see that she was, you know, when I was watching this, uh, the first time it made me very happy to see that she was continuing on. Uh, of course, we've already reviewed that one, uh, just recently, but, uh, it's good to have her still on Team TARDIS and she works great with, uh, with Donna and of course, 10. So it's great to see them all together and, um, everything else. Yeah. Everything else is just fun. Okay. Fantastic. Um, I'm going to give this a three. It, for me, it was just middle of the road. Um, it would have gotten less, but it had so many decent moments. If it wasn't for the three mains in this one, it probably, it probably gotten a two, two and a half. Cause the, I thought the story dragged. I thought a lot of the characters were worthless and, you know, it was just like, how many times can I see the Santarans walking up the stairs or how many to, or going down the hall and everything? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We it did just, have a lot of corridors. <laughs> yeah, they did. did. They did. <laughs> it's Doctor Who. We have a lot of corridors. Uh, we use that, we use that same corridor over and over and over again. Uh, exactly. Mike, uh, I have to, I have to ask because I know, and sorry, but I, I don't remember you saying exactly how you felt because I would imagine out of almost all of us, because I know how much you really love Unit, this is the first time I don't remember you saying exactly if you were disappointed by Unit's coming return here. I, Unit was, I think I put Unit in this one the same level I put Unit into the, uh, which was the one with the 
um, the flying um, double decker bus episode or, you know, and it was just like, there's, there's like so many unit references and it just, it didn't work. It could have been the, the British army. It didn't, they didn't stand out as, you know, the United Nations, you know, intelligence, you know, everything. It was just like, meh, it was, there was no standout characters. I didn't like the, who they had as the the brigadier. I didn't like, you know, even the little nod at the end where, you know, when they succeeded and the uh, captain kissed, you know, the, the brigadier, <laughs> oh, it was yeah. just like, it was like, why there was, didn't seem like there was any chemistry there before this. It was like, that was out of left field. And just the whole thing with Luke, I thought it was just like, you know, that could have been completely taken out and it probably would have been a better story. And so I, you know, overall, that's why I give it a three and the three is being generous for me on this one. So, so what do you guys think at home? You know, please, you know, let us know. Feedback at our station who.com is the best way to get in touch with us. We definitely would love to hear from you. All right. As we said earlier, if you're going to be at dragon con or at home, we will have a virtual panel Saturday at 1130 where we talk about the Doctor Who spinoffs. And yes, unit does come up in that conversation. <laughs> so definitely, you know, check it out. And actually a certain Santarin with, uh, you know, two other individuals also comes up in that conversation. So, you know, it covers this episode much better than this episode <laughs> actually was. So, so there you go. All right. I want to thank everyone for joining us, everybody. Um, please have a great time if you're going to Dragon Con. Drink a, you know, a bucket of rum for me if you are. Grab some apple pie. I am very, 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 you know, envious of that. So hopefully you guys will enjoy yourself. Mr. Mike, where can people find you at Dragon Con? Um, well, they can find me uh, in the comic and pop art, uh, artist alley. I will be at table 624. It's the same table, uh, spot that I was in for the past few years. Um, and, uh, I will be there most of the time. There will be times where I will be on panels, my panel schedule and all the other information that you can, uh, that you want to know about me is, is, is found on, uh, uh, my website as well as on, uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of fun stuff. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And Shannon, you're going to be there also. I am. So I am. What do you have planned for Dragon Con? Well, I'm actually going to be um, working with the Urban Fantasy track. I'll be working a lot of the different panels for that, including the Buffy Horror Show um, nice. that will be on Sunday. I'll be helping with props and stuff like that in the back. So Ooh. Very awesome. Glad you're going to get yeah. getting more and more involved with it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That is awesome. And of course, Ms. Mary Ogle, where can people find your artwork, my dear? You can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. And depending what the hurricane does, she might be stuck in Tallahassee all weekend. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hopefully it keeps not. It's getting worse. The forecast keeps getting worse. <laughs> I know. It's I know. just starting to rain here for me. So, uh, yeah. We have a storm here right now, (laughs) but nothing to do with that. So hopefully guys, you know, you guys are all safe and everyone at home have a great time at wherever you guys are. You know, we definitely are looking forward to talking to you guys in a couple of weeks. Until then, my name is Mike Faber on behalf of myself, Mary Ogle, 
Michael Gordon, and of course, Shannon Clute. Thank you very, very much for being with us, folks. We'll see you here next time. Peace, and let's go chase some Suntarian Sioux time, my friends. We're out of here. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Soul Forge Podcast. It's a geeky look at love, life, fandom, mental health, pop culture, and so much more. If you're into learning about yourself and the universe, Soul Forge is your podcast. Each week, we have a surprising new topic. From stupid things we do for love, to product reviews, and there's almost always a fun guest host. Like and subscribe to Soul Forge Podcast. Today... This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.